Hi, this is Betsy Gardner, Senior Editor at the Harvard Kennedy School and producer of the Data Smart City Pod. Since we started this podcast, we've had great support from our listeners. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode, please find us under the new Data Smart City Pod channel wherever you listen. Make sure to subscribe so you get each episode. And thanks for listening. Welcome back. This is Steve Goldsmith, Professor of Practice at Harvard's Kennedy School, with another one of our podcasts. This one today featuring Christine Ma, who's in charge of urban planning practice at Esri. Welcome, Christine. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here today. Well, we're glad to have you. The breadth of your experience relates directly to the interests of so many of our listeners. Uh, let's start a little bit before we get to the cool things you're doing with uh, how did you get to Esri? What are you doing there and what's your background? Sure. Uh, so my background is in urban planning and that's where my education experience and passion uh, really intersect. So I went to undergrad in China where I grew up and actually started my career there with several master planning projects during China's uh, rapid urbanization period. Yeah, I then moved to the U.S. Uh, really because I wanted to uh, learn from and experience a more bottom-up and participatory approach to planning. So I got my master in urban planning up at Cornell University and then joined ASRI right after that. So today I lead the urban planning practice at ASRI Professional Services. Our practice consists of a team of urban planners, designers, and GIS analysts who like me are all passionate about leveraging data and technology to modernize planning workflows. So we work closely with county and city planning departments, as well as architecture, engineer, and construction AEC firms to modernize their planning workflows and reach their sustainability goals. So most of our listeners are acquainted with the basics of mapping tools. They're either into mapping or or they visualized and seen the results of GIS. But just explain a little bit, what are some of the most advanced features of ArcGIS as applied to planning? How are you thinking about the use of data when visualized spatially to enhance planning? What, what's the forefront of that practice? It's a good question. So when talk about Azri's approach or solutions in planning, I think one of the bedrock of a lot of the solutions that we talk about Azri is ArcGIS Urban, which is a web-based scenario planning application that focuses on evaluating planning policies like zoning and land use and simulating urban development, that is scenario planning within a data-driven environment. Uh, the tool was officially released back in summer 2019, and it's been adopted by local governments and planning firms around the world uh, since then. So urban, as we call it, essentially merges a digital copy of the built environment with 3D modeling tools designed to support key planning workflows, like creating and evaluating zoning and development scenarios streamlining project review and digitally engaging with planning stakeholders, including the public. So when we think about you know, different data sets that are needed in the planning process, the tool really enables urban planners and designers to iterate on alternative scenarios for land use, zoning updates, and urban developments, and report on key metrics like affordable housing, uh, environmental impact, employment opportunities, and trip generation, for example. So they can really perform uh, interactive spatial analysis as well to evaluate 
things like shadow and line of sight to analyze and visualize new development proposals in their context. So much there. Let me let me take apart that just for a second. That was like 10 really interesting things. So when you talk about digital twinning, is that the same thing you just said, or is that a part of it, or is that a different thing? The, the scope of the visualization tools you mentioned, would you call those digital twinning? Definitely. So I'm glad you're asking about digital twinning, right? We recognize that it's important to think in the digital twin framework in order to address some of the complex and interconnected challenges like climate change or the pandemic that are facing our cities today. And at Esri, one useful way for us to look at digital twin is thinking of it as a framework, right? Breaking it down into different stages in terms of reality capture, visualization, analysis, simulation uh, to systems and IoT integration, and most importantly, how it's being consumed and utilized by different professional user groups as applications and solutions. And I want to emphasize the last stage, which is very important and often overlooked. So when we talk about digital twin, right, data itself, like the 3D model of our cities or a laser scan of a facility, it's not a digital twin, right? It's a step in that direction. Uh, the core purpose of a digital twin is to simulate and test experiences in the digital world to help us make better decisions in the physical world. So the, the general approach we propose is to twin the individual subdomains by defining the workflow and modeling needs of different professional user groups for their desired outcome. So basically start with a problem that we like to solve with the digital twin. Uh, so that means we can create versions of the digital twins that manage and visualize the high level of complexity and also the interdependency in a tangible way, uh, all based on the common uh, and connected dating environment. Uh, so I want to provide an example here, right? So we have sustainability advisors and environmental engineers uh, who can analyze climate vulnerability in terms of sea level rise in the environmental twin. And that visualization and insight can flow into uh, what we call planning twin to inform planners' decision-making in zoning and development policies for example, to, to avoid building in those high-risk areas. And then their performance-based planning scenarios will then inform architects and construction managers in a design and construction twin, and all the way down to an operations twin to monitor and track operational metrics across multiple scales, right? From city all the way down to building level. So for example, the operations twin uh, at the facility level will enable facility managers to uh, view operational metrics across their portfolio on key KPIs like energy consumption, carbon footprint, and uh, occupancy, right? And this aggregated information can then feed back into the environmental twin and also the planning twin to further track if we're moving towards our sustainability goals at a larger scale. What we're trying to illustrate is really we can use location as the common thread that connect each twin and build on the foundation of ArcGIS. Uh, and now if we look back and think about planning twin, urban planners now have the, the benefit of integrating all of this relative data sets, right, and to inform their decision making in the planning twin. Uh, so really the overall key 
for Digital Twin is that we, we want to deliver the right data to the right people through the right type of application or interface uh, to help them make data and performance-driven decisions based on the Digital Twin framework. We're in Boston, and mm -hmm. one of the references from recently has been looking at augmented reality and building shadows as part of the planning process as it relates to Boston Commons or whatever. So that augmented reality, moving the building around and seeing what the shadow lines will look like, would, would you consider that part of digital twinning for planning purposes? Would you consider that part of community engagement or does, is it all of the above? I think it was both, right? It's the one of the way to consume the analysis and the results coming from a digital twin. Uh, and it's also a, a really engaging way to inform the, uh, the public on what kind of more abstract planning terms mean, right, in terms of shadow analysis, or when we talk about, talk about density, what the really the, the 30 dwelling units per acre mean, um, I think those type of 3D visualization uh, coming from the digital twin analysis done in the planning twin or the digital twin is a good way to engage our public. So you would provide the platform and then work with the city to figure out what data, let's say you're dealing with curb and sidewalk for a second, and the mm -hmm. city is interested in pedestrian density on that curb and sidewalk. That's not something they would have, but they could purchase anonymous cell phone data that shows density. So whatever can be organized spatially could be connected to your spatial platform? That's correct, right? So we were talking about the digital twin framework is really built on the foundation of uh, enterprise GIS systems, which continuously update the data and also integrate with other systems to keep the twins current and accurate. In terms of the sidewalk example, right? So as you mentioned, there might be third-party data provider who is able to provide that data. It could be IoT sensor who is able to track uh, the people's movement on the sidewalk. And that's the, uh, the data can feed into, you know, the operations twin, right? To help uh, city to really see how the citizens are utilizing our public space. And that data or information or analysis can be done through a heat map or through some kind of a hotspot analysis. And that information can be uh, consumed by planners, right, in the planning twin to help them make decisions about streetscape design, for example. Christine, you wrote an article, well, I love the headline, Fire Destroyed in Oregon Town, 3D Tools Help Carve Out a Measure of Hope. What do you mean measure of hope? How do you use 3D visualization to create hope? Yeah, so that's a really inspiring story uh, coming from the city of Talent, Oregon. Uh, Talent is, is a small city of around 6,000 people in Southern Oregon and was significantly impacted by the Ahmed wildfire in September of 2020. This disproportionately uh, impacted the lower income and immigrant communities in their city. Uh, because agriculture and farming is a big industry in talent, and naturally a lot of the migrant workers were undocumented and therefore were not eligible for FEMA funding to rebuild or reacquire their homes like other uh, members of the community. So really with the goal of housing the immigrant workers as soon as possible, we worked with the Talent Urban Renewal Agency to set up Arches Urban to really create and evaluate multiple development phases 
for a specific project called the Gateway Project. So what we're able to do is to visualize and communicate the short-term plan of installing 53 trailers on site, and then also the longer-term phase or longer-term plan uh, to develop a mixed-use community to, to connect citizens or residents with affordable housing options to create more uh, longer-term affordable housing units on site. Uh, so right now, the trailers have been installed on site and people finally have a home again, you know, after two years without one. Uh, so I would say this type of stories and also this type of impact that is really getting me up uh, in the morning and motivates me and the rest of my team here to go a little further and to really push our technology and our people to the next level uh, to make a positive difference in, in planning. The stories like this are inspiring. ArcGIS allows one city's approach to be more easily replicated in another. Why, are, why don't we have more cloud-based replications? Why don't we have more ArcGIS-based replications than we do? What would help cities move over and apply what another city has done? That's a great question, really. Based on the work uh, I've done with local jurisdictions, I see one of the key challenges for this type of technology adoption in general is change management, right? For example, planners have been doing things a certain way for a very long time. What we've been doing from ASRI uh, professional services team is conducting what we call a geospatial strategy workshops with our clients to really illustrate their existing workflow along with all the pinpoints and gaps that exist in that workflow to help inform the vision for the future. And really, we try to get the teams to recognize that the pain of change is much, much less than the pain of staying the same. Uh, and really, in terms of you know, how to go about driving adoptions of those cloud-based tools and the digital twins approach, I've seen success with the three key approaches, right? First, uh, we need to get a champion within the department in both planning and ideally within IT and GIS as well. Uh, so having one or even a group of planners who see the value of the new approach and are able to demonstrate the value to the larger teams through a project is, is a key. Uh, a great example I have is the city of Boulder, right? A team of three, of a planner, uh, urban designer and a GIS analyst really saw the value of conducting scenario planning using Arches Urban. So they basically implemented it through one sub-community plan and now are establishing a documented process and workflow to follow the same approach to update other community plans coming up, all using Arches Urban. So they created their own house for change internally and have built momentum that others in the departments are latching onto as well. And second, you know, we see a lot of success if the department establishes the initial operating capability of this application uh, or this new approach through one focused project or workflow update. So either it's going to be a quarter plan, a housing element update, a zoning reform, or updated proposal review process. The point here is that moving to the cloud can, can sound very intimidating. Uh, where do I start, right? How are we going to go about doing it? But if we reframe this as solving a real issue or conducting a real project to drive efficiency in an existing project, then we can get buy-in more quickly uh, by achieving some, some really quick wins. 
And the third and final point is really essential and um, often overlooked. And that's that we really need to provide adequate training and learning opportunities to planners to support their learning and the modern, modernization, right? They need access to best practices and stories from other cities that are using technology similarly. Uh, and really, they need to feel like they are not on the island out there, right? Not only uh, are we here to support you, but there are others who were in your shoes not too long ago, and you can you can learn from. So yeah, those uh, three approaches have really helped as I think about driving the adoption of new tools or new technology, uh, finding a champion, deploying the, the app through a focus project with a clear objective or uh, a winning goal, and supporting longer-term staff enablement. And if we can hit on you know, all of the three, then you know, we have a pretty good chance at success. And more importantly, you know, the planners will have the best opportunity uh, to optimize their investment in the technology. Really, everybody uh, wins here. So just in conclusion, Christine, if you look out three years, what areas of local government, what areas of neighborhood quality of life you think could be most improved by the application of the work you do, the digital twinning of urban labs and the like? What I can think of is really still coming down to the foundation of the digital twin, right? We need data and accurate data uh, across, not only I'm talking about departments, but also between public and private sectors to really enable this Digital Twins platform and to allow the visualization, the analysis, the insight to flow across right, different departments and across different entities to help us you know, combat uh, some of the really complex issues we're facing. So that's where I see technology can, can make a difference here, right? How we are able to uh, create that, that standard uh, about data aggregation and data integration among technology providers, but also among stakeholders in the built environment in general, right? To be able to uh, figure out how we can share that data, how we are able to, you know, consume that data by different organizations, you know, to, to help us make decisions that will improve the quality of life of our built environment. Uh, this is Steve Golson from Harvard's Kennedy School, thanking Christine Ma for her terrific insights and great work helping apply the spatial analytics tools and digital twinning to the future of cities. Thank you, Christine, for your work and for your comments today. Thank you, Steve. Great discussion with you. If you like this podcast, please visit us at datasmartcities.org or follow us at datasmartcities on Twitter. And remember to subscribe at the new Data Smart City Pod channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. This podcast was produced by me, Betsy Gardner, and hosted by Professor Steve Goldsmith. We're proud to be the central resource for cities interested in the intersection of government, data, and innovation. Thanks for listening.